0: I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Someone shout, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And he is the center of my life. Amen. Amen. I bring greetings to you. Uh, Someone turn to your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Say, Happy New Year. Turn to your neighbor and neighbor and say, Happy New Year. It is blessed to see that we all crossed over together. And tell them, I I pray that we will continually cross over into the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, I bring greetings. I honor our pastor seated before us. I honor our elders. I honor our grandpas, our grandmas. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I honor you in the name of the Lord. Say, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Um, By privilege, um, I've been asked to preach the Word of God today, and I'll be sharing um, the topic, the ministry of the church body, the ministry of the church body. i will like to ask that we open our scriptures to Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 to 16, um, and also... We prepare to open First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight, Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven to sixteen, and we are going to dwell on First Corinthians chapter twelve, from verses uh, twenty from verses uh, twelve to twenty-eight. From verses twelve to twenty-eight. So let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verses eleven, and I read. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Someone say, by the trickery of men. You see, when, when men want to maneuver and manipulate, the first thing that they do is twist the scriptures and twist doctrine. And it is important for us to recognize that doctrine is the foundation of Christianity. Doctrine is the foundation for Christianity. But then he says, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Someone said deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, let's quickly go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's just stay at verse, verse 12. Let's stay there. Now, we're talking about the ministry of the church body. Now, before we even go further to talk about the ministry of the church body, we want to first see, How does that apply and what is the origin of the ministry of the church body? What is that origin? Now, when you think about the church, you cannot talk about the history of the church and the destiny of the church without thinking about where the church started from. Now, the origins of the church started from a man called Abraham. Now, when God called Abraham out, he said this. He said, I would make you a father of many nations and I would make you To be a blessing to other nations. I will bless you so immensely that you, through you, many nations will be blessed. So Israel as a nation was birthed out of that Abrahamic covenant. And through Israel, through Israel, God's ultimate desire was that Israel would manifest the ways of God. That Israel would show the dimensions of God. And through the scriptures, through the prophets, through the law, you keep seeing that God's original intent was that Israel would be a nation of kings and priests. Now, ultimately, we find out that the church fulfilled that destiny. That even when Jesus was speaking, he said salvation is of the Jews. And when when the Christ came, he came through a Jew. Now, he fulfilled all the covenants that he gave to Abraham, to Moses, even to David, through that very effect of him coming and birthing his church through the Jewish nation. So ultimately, God's plan has always been that through those that he will call out, that they will manifest his ways. That they will point to him. That the nations will see that he is Yahweh. That the nations will see that he is Yahweh. Let me tell, you, don't your neighbor and say, God hasn't changed his mind. God hasn't changed his mind. His purpose is that the nations would see that he is Yahweh. So when we come together, when we congregate, when we join forces together as a body, God is desiring, come, Come together, receive maturity, grow into Christ. But for one solitary reason, that the nations would know that he is Yahweh. Now, everything that he releases upon his church is to proclaim that very fact, that very pursuit, and that very idea. That there will be a witness. 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 And so he keeps sending people forth to proclaim that. And when he was even bringing judgment, judgment was so that they will remember that they had a destiny. When they were moving away from his original intent, he would correct them, train them back into the position to recognize that your original idea is to proclaim my ways to the nations. So that when they see you, Israel, they know who I am. When they see the judgments that come upon you, Israel, they know who I am who i am they know my nature they know that i do not tolerate evil now you have to understand that god's judgment is not how we understand judgment god's judgment is withholding and just moving away removing his protective covering and his protective hand from you and then when you see life without him you run back When you see life without him, you do what? You run back. So everything that he did with that nation, permit me to say, he also does with his church. Because we are called out to be kings and priests. Someone turn to neighbor and say, God does not change. There is no varying with his character. Someone say it like you believe it. (laughs) God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is in the business of salvation. He doesn't want you to be in ignorance. Keep saying it. He doesn't want you to be in ignorance of who he is that's why he will keep revealing himself to you so that you might know him Uh, we thank you pastor for making it personal so that i might know him now when you think about the church having had that history you see that the church in itself was birthed out of israel out of the jews so we we just as the jews where a nation called out of other nations to be different, the church is called out of the world to be different. Amen. And so that Greek word means the called out ones. You are chosen, called out, separated onto a divine agenda that has been constituted by the very purposes of God to make known himself to the world. Amen. So the ultimate purpose of the church is to be a witness, a witness of Christ a witness that's why he said in Matthew chapter 28 go now ye into the world and make disciples of all men all nations we go out and make disciples what that means is that we go out and demonstrate and witness who he is that they might see and know that someone has brought forth the kingdom of heaven upon the earth to be a witness and is built on the foundation of what the apostles did, of what the prophets spoke of with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And we see here in the scriptures we've just read that the church is the body of Christ with Jesus being the head. Now, when you think about the church, you 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 cannot kind of separate it from the contrast, which is the world. You have the church and you have the world. You have the church, which is the the, the kingdom system of God. The kingdom system of God. And then you have the world where its system, if you go to Revelation, if you go to Daniel, you see that very many times the world system is called Babylon. Now, it's called Babylon for just one reason. When you think about the dream that Daniel had, the head, the head, that he saw in that vision was made of gold and he spoke to nebuchadnezzar and said you o king are the head in other words the statue though it represented many kingdoms it took the name of the head just as the church is the body but we are taking the name of the head jesus being the head of the church that's why we are called the body of christ now when you think about babylon The system of this world is called Babylon just because the head, the first dynamic kingdom that represented that world system was what? Babylon. And so there are systems there. There is a contrast. There is a differentiation. Now, you do not bring into Babylon, you do not bring into Babylon the ways of the kingdom. You will be rejected. You will be rejected in Babylon if you try to bring the ways of the kingdom. Now, you do not bring into the church The systems of Babylon. Because when you bring into the church the systems of Babylon, you will be judged. (laughs) Why? It is called mixture. Called adultery. Now when the scriptures keep giving us all these rules and laws, you have to understand that God's primary aim is that we will be faithful to him. He wants a faithful bride. One that does not mix and commingles. The theologies, (laughs) the, 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 the religious systems, religious ideologies of the world. You come faithfully, hold on to what he has proclaimed has been his ways. We do not have to reinvent what God's ways are. We learn from the scriptures what his ways are and we abide by them. We adopt it. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. So we adopt his ways. So the church cannot say his ways aren't our ways. The ways of God are the ways of the church. Because that is his kingdom. So if you were in Babylon, you could say his ways are not your ways. But if you are in the church, his ways have to be your ways. That is why he gave you what? His spirit. So that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are what? Sons of God. He said, what does a man The thoughts of the man, except what? The spirit of the man. He said, you cannot also know the thoughts of God, except you have what? The spirit of God. So if he gives you his spirit, you can't say his thoughts are not your thoughts. His thoughts have to be your thoughts. If you are in him, then you have the thoughts that dwell in him. You have been configured to be aligned in synergy with what he has proclaimed, so that you might walk in a way that pleases him. Amen. The original intent is that we please him. That we be an effective witness of who he is. Now, you see, we understand now that the church has a mission to be a witness. Now, when we are an effective witness, we are fulfilling our mission. But how many of us know that for the church to perform its external mission, are functions vital within the church body that gives it the ability to do what God has sent it to do. Now, when you think of a human body, you have the hand, the legs, the eyes. They all work in synergy so that you can be effective on the earth. Right? So, the church has its members. And so, that's where we are going to be focusing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that Paul was trying to bring everyone back to God's original idea. He starts in verse 1, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he tells us the different gifts of the Spirit, which uh, people have classified into the power gifts, the vocal gifts, the revelatory, uh, revelatory gifts. But then, he comes in verse 12, which is where we want to stay. He says, For the body is one, and has many parts, and all the parts of that body though many are one body though you have many parts many members we are one body so also is christ now if you look at verse 13 verse 13 verse 13 now says that for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body someone say i have been baptized by one spirit into one body What that is saying is you have already been immersed. You have been immersed into one body. What that means is, let's say you had a bucket of water and you have a pebble. You put that pebble in the bucket of water. That pebble now becomes a part of that ocean, that water body ocean. So in other words, it's a part, it's a part of the whole. So when it says you are immersed, what the, the, the description there that is actually saying is because we are all units of the same organism that once you are dropped into that body you cannot be indistinguished. You cannot be distinguished between other members. You have become a single unit of a body. For example, I cannot call my, uh, my brother here and say I'm going to separate his eye from him and say his eye is called Gojo, uh, <laughs> But his body Patrick. Is that possible? You cannot separate it. That's the same thing. When we drop each and every one of us, when we says we have been immersed into Christ, we cannot be distinguished from that, from Christ. We cannot be distinguished from each other. We have become a solitary unit. When God sees you and I, he sees one body. And it's extremely critical that we understand this if we want to function effectively. As a church body. And so in verse 15, you see him say, because I am not a man, I am not a hand, I am not the body. Is that possible? But do we do this? Ask yourself, do we do this? Because I am not a Methodist. We are not the same. Because I am not Seventh-day Adventist, we are not the same. Oh, no, because we are not Baptists. You see, those evangelicals, they don't know the power of praying and the Holy Ghost. They are not there. Do we do this? Do we think ourselves more spiritual? Do we think that we have it all? Do we think that we can exist without them? Do we even see it as us against them? because I am not a hand. I am not a part of the body. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 20 to 21, verses 20 to 21. He also says this. He says, "But now indeed there are many members, yet one body." Now, I know Christianity has a lot of denominations, a lot. I, I, I've heard more than five. I don't know how many, but I've heard more than 500. Going into the thousands. And us being human, all we see are differences. But when God sees his body, all he sees is a church. All he sees is what? A church. So we have to be very careful. Because Each member has something very vital to give to the body. Amen. Just as it is important for your ears to receive signals so that you would know what people are saying, a specific organ of the body of Christ receives signals from God that will benefit the whole body. But when we begin to create walls and barriers, when we begin to see us and them as being different, we are ignoring the vital force that God is trying to release to his whole church. Amen. Verse 22. says, No! Much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. So the seemingly weakest members of the body are extremely vital to the body. Those things that we, see, we think insignificant are extremely important for you and I to function effectively in the great commandment that Christ has given to us. In verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. God gives greater honor to those things that are seemingly weak. It is when you understand this, you see why it's always important to have a humble heart before the Lord. Because he would always give more honor to that which comes in recognition that you haven't gotten everything. You would need and depend on one another. It is in that state of weakness that God gives more of himself and more ability and more strength to do what he has called you to do. But once you get to the point where you feel you don't need the other person, you don't need the other member, you would be weak, you would be cut off from the supply that they have to give you. When you recognize that there is energy, potential power, dunamis power within the person seated on your left, on your right, within even other members of the body... You are giving yourself, you're making yourself available to this to the supply of the spirit that they carry. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. I need you. Now, that also gives us a sense of responsibility. Now, if you say to yourself, I'm okay, I'm okay. Do you recognize that? In this body, because you have become a part of this body, God has seen you as an essential functionary to supply something that this body is lacking. You do not become a part of a body by mistake. Everything within the body is supplying something. Now, when you resist the call to function within the body, you are telling the Lord, I do not have a place within this body. I do not have anything to give this body. I refuse to be an essential element within the body. But God calls each and every one of us to supply something. He gives you to the body as an essential functionary to give something to the body, to supply spirit, to supply power, to supply energy, to supply direction. To supply ability. To supply grace. Now let us just quickly read verse 28. Verse 28. It says, and God has placed this in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Next, miracles. Then, gifts of healings. Helping managing various kinds managing and then various kinds of languages 29 he says are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all do miracles he's saying come in the church there is variety god does not want you he doesn't want everyone to 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 be photocopies of themselves he wants you to be so unique that you bring forth what he has endowed you with to supply the church so he says are all apostles are all called to be apostles no way are all called to be prophets no way are all called to be teachers no he has made you so unique so that whatever you will supply to the body the body must have been lacking now, you see something. You see why there are some people, uh, there are some people here, especially one that is standing up, that are so multi gifted. It's because there are many people that are not doing what God has called them to do. And so, the, to the one who makes himself available, he will supply. Say, that is lacking. I will give it to that person. That is lacking. I'll give it to that person. But once you and I are awake unto our responsibility, you start to see that He will start giving. Say, okay, now the load doesn't have to be on this person. I can now start to divert some of that grace to this one that is making themselves available. Someone sell your neighbor. The Lord is calling on you to supply grace to his church so you see these vital ministries these vital ministries first apostles he tells us in order you see in in ephesians chapter 4 you first see that he he, he gives it out of order. Yes, he still says apostles, prophets, and then he goes on to say evangelists, then pastors, then teachers. But here, he gives it in order. He says apostles. And apart from that, you notice that there's one particular faithful ministry that we, we kind of um, put in that, uh, that class that's missing here, the pastor. He says, we have first apostles, secondary prophets, third teachers. And then he mentions miracles and gifts of healings, which are typical tools of the evangelist. And then he says, helps administrations, which is supernatural leadership and organizational skills. There are some people, I see them and I wonder how do they do it? There's a brother in our midst, I'm not going to mention his name because he probably wouldn't like it. There are times that he does things organizationally. I look and say, how does this guy do it? This is not natural. And the guy takes it as if it's it's normal. (laughs) First, apostles. That word, just meaning sent ones. This person is sent. Now, there are three kinds of apostles. You have the apostle of the lamb. Where did we get that from? Matthew chapter 28. Let's quickly go there. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 from verses uh, 17. Matthew chapter 28 from verses 17. Matthew chapter 28, from verse 17. In, in that scripture, Jesus is practically says, when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Verse 18, and please just go for verse um, uh, 28, uh, verse 18 to 20, if possible, just on the screen. Then Jesus came there and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. He says, afterwards, Go therefore. You see, here, Jesus first says, all authority has been given to me. I have authority to do what I'm about to do. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now that I have told you that what I'm about to do, I have authority to do it. Now, go. So he sends them. From that moment, the disciples were no longer disciples. They were sent on a mission to do what? Make disciples of men. So he gave them, he first told them, come. I have the stature, I have the ability, I have the ranking to send, to do what I'm about to do. Now I'm sending you with that authority. So at that moment, they became apostles because they were sent by the one who is called our king, our lord. That's why they are called apostles of the lamb. They are sent on a mission by the lamb. Now when we look at Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13 verse 2, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. You see that there are also apostles that are sent by the Holy Spirit. Apostles that are sent by the Holy Spirit. Let's let's read from verse 1, if possible, please. Thank you very much. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. And we'll be reading down. In the local church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger. Lucius, the Cyrenian. Manan, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch. And Saul, verse 2, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. Someone said, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. So you see here, the Holy Spirit is saying, I am sending a group of people on an assignment. So set them apart for me. So this is the class that Barnabas and Saul were. Barnabas was an apostle. Saul was an apostle because they were sent on a mission by the Holy Spirit. And they brought this new age where the Gentiles could receive salvation. Now you have apostles of the church. Now when you have missionaries, they are sent out on a mission by the church to establish places of worship. They are also apostles because they are sent by the church. And those are the examples of other apostles that you would see within the scriptures. Now, secondarily, prophets. These are people who speak the hidden mysteries of God. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. And you see here, he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. So, so, so prophecy, the prophet always brings out hidden things, the mind of God to the church and makes it known so that the church would not walk in, 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 in ignorance of what the plan of God is, what, for what the thought of God is for a specific situation. And the, the, the examples that we have in the scriptures, a New Testament example was Agabus. When there was a a, a drought that was coming, he came. You saw him on the scene. When Paul was going to be persecuted, you saw him on the scene. He took his belt. He wrapped his hand. He said, the person whose belt I have on me is going to go in like manner. You see, they they show the hidden desires of the Father. The mysteries of God. Now, teachers are those who are dedicated to the teaching of doctrine. Amen. Uh, Evangelists, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip. Where I want to really dwell is helps. Someone say, Helps. You see, without these ministries, the church cannot be effective outside. These are functions that aid the church to be effective. If you want to train the new generation, where do you find it? Within the body in this in this body someone said to you number you you are needed for the next generation i am needed for the next generation helps are extremely vital no one has got it all you see, we think about prophets. Uh, let's let's look at Elisha, for example, in Second Kings chapter three, from verses five to fifteen. Please, when you get home, please um, have the liberty of, of of reading those scriptures. But where I want to stay is when Jehoshaphat was asking. He said, "Is there no prophet here that we can inquire of him?" And then someone now said, ah, "There is Elisha, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He is here." You know what Jehoshaphat said, he said, "Ah, Elisha, I know him. The word of the Lord is with him. Let us go and meet him." And then when he went there, because Jehoram, he, he was displeased with him, he said, "If not for Jehoshaphat, if not that I acknowledge Jehoshaphat, I will not even listen to you. But then he need, they needed the word of the Lord. He didn't just say, "Lord, I'm here as your anointed prophet." No." He said, Get me a minstrel. I need help right now. If the word of the Lord needs to come from me, I need a minstrel that would help me to touch the deep recesses of God. And so the minstrel came, and as the minstrel began to to to, to 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 play, to minister, then the hand of the Lord came on Elisha, and he had divine ability to give the purposes of God, divine direction that they would use in receiving water for their armies. It is important that we recognize that this body, this body, if you want power demonstration, you need the move, the move of the spirit in each person to be fully released. We need the ministry of the prayer, of the prayer man. We need the ministry of the worshiper. We need the ministry of those who serve in the church we need each and every one of us not just to come and show up but to come with the fire that they have they have engaged them in a secret place and to release a supernatural dimension why? because we do not serve in the flesh the flesh shall not prevail it is the spirit of God that gives life so you equip yourself and you come and deliver what God has given you to the church in the full effect and the power of the Holy Spirit Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. If you want to see the full effect of power. I think it was Catherine Kuman that always made reference to it. She said, yes, there are times where I feel the power of God. Yeah, that's the individual anointing. But there is another level that you step into when corporately we join forces and release just as one cell releases power to another cell, just as the blood keeps going from one vessel to the other without any inhibition, don't we as a body receive nutrients from one another and give glory to the Lord and we go out and manifest the power light, the power dimension of God. Everyone needs to learn from some Everyone needs to grow from somewhere. Everyone needs each other. If you see a great move of God, it's because there is unity and everyone is supplying all they have. That takes away all forms of competition. You see, in the world, in Babylon, yes, you you have competition. Everyone is trying to outsmart themselves. Yes. In the church, there is no such thing. There is no one here that is more anointed than anyone. I, I, I say that with all sense of humility. The person that is the anointer and the anointed one is Jesus. And when we all release every grace that he has supplied, you see the full measure of his anointing at work in us. All those things just bring barriers. All those things limit the work of God. Let us focus on him. He has called us. He said, go ye into the world. Someone raise up your hands and say, I have a responsibility. Oh Lord, let your grace rain down. Recognize that everything that you and I do in this house, the Lord is watching with his watchful eye. How faithful would they be? In medium, how immediate, how faithful? You see, don't let anyone deceive you. If you see anyone being used of God, they have a secret history. Everyone has history. Everyone has history of service. It will be very hard for me to think of a ministry I haven't served in. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is for you to know that I have a history. There are many people here that you see serving that have History. Yes, we might not bring it up. You might not even know. <laughs> Be faithful where you are. He is not looking for gifted people. He's looking for faithful people. The gift can always come later. The gift can always come. L- come. When I used to open my mouth to sing, people used to tell me to shut up. I only say thinking in Lynchburg, every other thing was a private, private private life. You see, the Lord will multiply what He has given you. All He's looking for is faithfulness, not because people are watching. If you do it because people are watching, you've gotten your reward. That's what he said. But do it because you know that He has given you an assignment, and once He has given you that assignment. recognize that there is something that he has given you for his church for his church if you hide it like that servant who went and said i know you you, you you you're a wicked man you go you reap where you have no son so i said rather than lose what you have given me i'll bury it in the ground so that when you come i'll just unearth it and give it back to you yeah wicked master What is that thing that he has given you? What is that thing that he says, be responsible with what I have given? Is it a few coins? Is it breath in your lungs? You see, life is a gift. It is not promised. You are not promised tomorrow. So if you still have life in you, how are you sowing it onto the Lord? So that when he calls you home, you can say, Father, you sent me naked, but I have brought unto you souls. Brothers and sisters, we have a responsibility. A big, big responsibility. Romans chapter 12, and we are are rounding up. Romans chapter 12, has found me just as I am. Tainted by a light in your hands. Verse 3. Majesty. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly. Someone say, sensibly. In other words, use your sense. Think deeply. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. So no one here can say they don't have a measure. Now, He says he looks at a body. He distributes a measure of faith. But when we combine that measure, it becomes the full measure of the light of Christ. When we receive from one another and transmit to one another, we receive the full measure as a body. We become a complete mature body in the eyes of the world. We become an effective witness, giving Jesus the honor that is due his name. So don't think of yourself more highly. If you have plenty grace, is to divert that grace so that the body might be fully equipped. If you have that which is little, he's saying persevere there so that you expand and so that you become a reservoir of more. Amen. Let's look at verse 4. And you see, there, you see, competition is not allowed. You don't look at another person and say, you see the danger of competition and i'll say this the danger of competition is if you are competing with someone number one you might not be called to do the exact same thing the person is called to do so you find yourself running another man's race and i think it was kenneth higgin that said this and I, I beg your pardon for always bringing up kenneth higgin i just realized that after many years of learning from him it's now i just started to understand many of the things that he said you see this man sorry to divert this man spent many years of their lives learning the basic precepts of God. And then we look at what they did after they had learned for many years. And we think we can understand from the level that they were. You have to get to that point where you submit yourself to the place where you walk based on what he has said. And so King said this, he said, that's In his ministry, he has realized something. That any time judgment came upon a minister, it was because they were doing a ministry they had not been called to do. They were competing with other people. And then he would say the Lord would actually tell him, go and want that man. He will be cut short. Why? Because you are delving into a ministry that you are not supposed to be engaged in. So, try not to compete. Don't look at another person and say, I want what is upon that person's life. If the Lord hasn't called you to walk there, yeah, you might want the kind of grace, but don't delve into a ministry God hasn't called you to. Don't compete, but rather supply what God has given you. You want to know why? When I eat, what organ has the benefit from the food I eat? It's all the organs. They all drain nutrients from the food I have eaten. The eye does not say I will get separate, organ, uh, separate nutrients uh, from, 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 from the leg. But they get the same amount of nutrients from that food. What does that mean? Whatever you receive, I have received it. Whatever is yours is mine. If a prophet comes in here, I will listen to what a prophet has for me as long as that person is in the world if a teacher comes in here I will listen to what they have for me as long as the doctrine is right and sound if an evangelist comes in here I will support that ministry that is the way we all should see the body amen We are all working together. Turn turn to your neighbor and say, we are all working together. And because of time, let's just look at verses 6 to 8. Verses 6 to 8. Verses 6 to to 8. There is this. It says, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy Use it according to the standard of faith. If service, in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exalting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. My brothers and my sisters, there is a call God's desire is for us to be a witness that the nations, that the world will know that He is Yahweh. But for us to do it effectively, we all have to contribute the grace that God has given, that it will be the full measure of Christ that is made known to those we go out to meet. You are important. Let us rise up on our feet. You are important. Let us begin to bless the name of the lord let us begin to bless the name of the lord if you're here and you recognize that this message is for me i need to give more of my time more of the abilities that god has endowed me with onto his service Begin to ask God for grace. Begin to make that commitment. I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will dedicate everything that we do unto his glory and unto his might. Begin to ask for that grace. Oh Lord, we are here before you asking for your grace to be manifested in our relationships. That As one body, we will be unified. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh Father, we bless you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that your light shines in each and every one of us. That your glory reigns in each and every one of us. That your name be exalted in each and every one of us. Father, we bless you. We exalt you we magnify you and we glorify you in Jesus mighty name we pray father we bless you king of glory we ask that your name be exalted that your name be magnified in Jesus mighty name amen Can, I'd like to ask that um, the elders come forward Amen.